Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1340. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the 7th annual Carmel Mission Classic that takes place on Wednesday, August 14th at the Carmel Mission in Carmel-by-the-Sea during the Monterey Pebble Beach Car Week. For more information, go to the thecarmelmissionclassic.org. Always forward, never backward. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from beautiful Carmel, California, Frank DiPaola. Yep, that's actually his last name. We're going to learn a lot more about this very interesting guy as we go through our questions here. Frank DiPaola. Oh, before I start, though, Frank, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Octane fuel, baby. (laughs) All right, here we go. Frank DiPaola is the founder, creator, and event chairman of the Carmel Mission Classic, now in its seventh year, which takes place during Car Week in Carmel-by-the-Sea, California at the Carmel Mission. 100% of the net proceeds from this event go to charities, which is very, very cool. Frank is a 25-year veteran of the Los Angeles Police Department, an undercover narco cop whose undercover name was Frankie Apollo. I love that. And he was a detective and patrol officer as well. He created the LAPD Juvenile Impact Gang Diversion Program, helping redirect over 10,000 at-risk youth from a life of crime. He was a juvenile justice appointee of the Governor of California, and he authored his autobiography titled From Hell to Hail Mary, A Cop's Story. He has also appeared on numerous television shows. Frank is also an active shooter workplace violence instructor with the MC Kimball Associates. Frank, I have told our listeners just a little bit about your very interesting, exciting life. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Sure. My, well, being from Brooklyn, New York, and always having a passion for automobiles and guns, I was either the mafia or the cops. One had a better <laughs> pension plan, the other made more money. I went yeah. to the, for the pension. <laughs> you know... Uh, we've had some talks. I'll let our listeners know before I'm having Frank on the show here. This guy is quite a character, but you know what? He's done some incredible things for people throughout his life. First and foremost, thank you for your service as a first responder and for everything you've done. Very appreciative of that. We're going to jump into your life here. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Frank, uh, take the wheel and light up the siren. Well, some of the quotes that I've lived uh, my life by, one one in particular is from St. Juniper Sarah, always forward, never backward. He is also buried at the Carmel Mission. Again, how many car shows have you been to at a 250-year-old mission where a saint is buried? Probably not Uh, many. None. No, except for yours. And it's another quote I like to live by. It's the possibility of having a dream that makes life worth living. And we have to make that dream come into fruition, the right attitude and perspective in life, baby. You know, it really does. I I think it's absolutely fantastic. You know, before I ask you a couple more questions, though, I want to touch base a little bit on this event that you've been putting on here. And your good buddy, Rich Pepe, who's been 
a guest on the show here who helps you with this event. Another uh, ex-police officer. He's from the, the right coast. You're from the left coast. What on earth inspired you, first and foremost, to put on a car show? These things are not easy to do. But then you picked a very, very interesting venue that is unlike any car show venue I've ever attended. Well, I'm at the Knights of Columbus, and I've always had a passion for my Catholic faith. And I've had a passion for cars right out of the crib. So it was a great opportunity to put both of those two passions together. And Carmel Mission is actually my parish. I mean, what better venue? When you walk into that courtyard, it's a wow setting. And, you know, um, as Catholics, as a knight, we're supposed to evangelize. Well, what better way to evangelize than holding a car show at a a mission where the bishop does the blessing? You know, as I tell people, we have a bishop's blessing and we serve beer and wine. So it's something for the body, something for the soul. (laughs) I think, again, it's a really, really unique event. It's a really wonderful event during Car Week, and there's so much going on that week. It's right dead center on Wednesday, which is a perfect day because there's not a lot going on around it. Maybe some auctions starting up or previews and things, but it's a perfect way to launch into the week. I always arrive on Monday. I do the Carmel by the Sea show uh, with my good friend there, and then I go to your show, and it just starts to get everything warmed up, and I love the venue. Also, it's a very intimate setting, which is kind of nice. It's very different. It's not on a lawn, but it's in this beautiful courtyard, and the history of the missions throughout California, up and down. Now, the saint that's buried there, give me a little history on him, because wasn't he the gentleman who who kind of set all those up? I mean, each one was a day's walk between each other. Do I have my history right? Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, he started in San Diego, then, then came all the way up. And what's really interesting, out of all the missions he founded, uh, the Carmel Mission was basically his home, and, and, and where he made his uh, sort of command post, if you will. When you visit the Carmel Mission, there's a beautiful museum to go through. You can actually see his cell, they called it, rather than a room. Monks were, were lived very, very uh, sparing lives, so they called their room a cell. You can see the cell. You can see the library there, which was actually the first library in California. You can see the kitchen that he had, where he cooked his meals. And there were probably over 3,000 people buried at the Carmel Mission. We do have a cemetery. There are there about 50 graves that are marked. But the, in actuality, there are about two, between 2,500 and 3,000 people buried. And many of the burials took place in the church and underneath the floor were many of the Indians that were buried that, that Father Sarah converted and, and helped to make the mission what it was. Wow. Interesting story. Well, it's a beautiful setting. If you're going to be there in August, uh, this is definitely a show to attend. I'll make sure to put a link to that site that you guys have there on your show notes page. I want to talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. You said you were kind of you went from the crib to the car. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you can think back that you knew and you were indeed going to be a car guy? You know what? My dad tells me when I started crawling around on the floor, I didn't have any many toys. So I would go to my mother's uh, drawers and, and empty out the, the knives and forks and spoons. And the knives were trucks, the, the spoons were little cars, and the forks were bigger cars. And I would push them around the floor. And my mother came and said, hey, you kid, what are you doing, you idiot? You know? <laughs> so, all right, so let's start buying up some little cars. And I started playing with the little cars. And you know what? It, it's always nice to still be a kid. And to this day, I have some little cars I had when I was a kid, and I'll sit down and breakfast with my cereal box, because some of the little cars came from cereal boxes, and I'll play with my cars. 
you're like my son. He was the same way. He got into everything. We had to lock up every cabinet, every drawer. I mean, he loved to just yank everything out. I think that's a sign of of a creativity that you were turning those knives and foons and sporks into cars. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then as we got older, we just transformed that creativity into a four-wheel uh, octane-fueled passion. No doubt. Well, listen, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You have had a very interesting life, being a police officer and then being an undercover narco, dealing with some very, very bad characters. No doubt you've been faced with many challenges, maybe a failure or two. I would love for you to walk us through one of those situations. And more importantly, how did you overcome that? I have a feeling this could be a show that could last for hours, but I'm going to have you limited to one of those things. And tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your business. Well, a lot of it was backed up my faith. You know, being a cop uh, is, is about, you know, doing the right thing and doing the right thing for the right reasons, reasons helping people. I've always uh, had a somewhat of a gregarious personality. And I'll, I got to tell you, working as Frankie Apollo undercover uh, was really phenomenal. You, you, you've got to be an actor, but you've got to be an actor that draws people in, draws people in. You've got to hang out with these people for, for days, weeks you know, making cocaine buys, numerous buys, and you've got to win them over. They've got to believe you're the bad guy that they believe you to be. And uh, doing that is, that had a tremendous amount of gratification. Yeah. Now, let me, add, I mean, this is so interesting to me because I don't think I could pull any of this off. To go in in these environments that are very frightening, very scary, and these people at any moment, if they think that you're trying to trick them, just pull a knife or a gun and you're done. How did you separate your real life from Frankie Apollo life and then back to real life? I mean, how does one do that? We all see it in the movies and they make it look so easy. Those are actors, but you, you do have to be an actor, don't you? Well, you, you, well, you do, but you know, it's like, cause I was an actor as well. I'm not, and acting is not just memorizing lines, but you really have to be in the moment. When you're doing a line as an actor or you playing Frankie Apollo, you have to believe you are that guy because if you don't believe it, <laughs> They won't. Um, one of the ways to keep uh, keep me myself from getting ripped off in a drug deal was if bad guys are like anybody, if they think somebody's crazy or a mental case, they don't want to deal with you. They are afraid of you. So if I felt threatened in any way, I, I would just come unglued. I would usually dribble from my from my mouth and start spitting when I when I yelled at them and spit all over them, and I would just flame out and act crazy. And they would, man, this, this, this guy's insane. Get him out of here. So we, there was a deal I was doing with some Rastafarians. We were buying several pounds of marijuana at the time. And this guy looked at me and it's like he knew that I knew. He said, there's something wrong. Like you may be the police or something. I, and there was, you know, he was just getting the wrong vibe. So at that point, I jumped up, grabbed him by the throat and started in a venomous manner, yelling and screaming at him and spitting on his all over him while he was talking. And this guy just went nuts because this guy, this guy's a maniac. Get him out of here. So we consummated the, the, the deal. We actually consummated, bought the deal. Um, I had two detectives waiting outside. I showed them the sign. I bought the dope. They came in and, and made the bust. You know, you know, but if, again, if people think you're crazy, they just want to get rid of you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that works with bad guys as well as good guys. I guess so. Man, I, I just, uh, I commend you for being able to pull that off. Absolutely incredible story. And I, I know we're going to talk about this book that you wrote in a little bit because you talk about your life and everything. But you said also you were an actor. 
a real actor on television shows, right? Right. I started on the 90s television show, Jake and the Fat Man. And mm-hmm. I ended up, I started by being the technical advisor. And then I wanted to get into the Screen Actors Guild. And the funny part about the, the about SAG is that you can't get into the union unless you have a speaking part, but you can't get a speaking part unless you belong to the union. So it's really a catch-22. So I was on the set doing some technical advising, and they had a drug, a drug deal going, and, and, and it was written in the script. They said, Frank, look at this. And I said, guys, this, this is like Hollywood. This looks ridiculous. If the cops are in a crossfire. These cops wouldn't do this. You wouldn't have police cars here. They okay. It was like we set up the scene, and um, then the uh, producer, the director, went up to the producer and says, uh, Bernie, Frank thinks we should do this scene this way. Now, these are a director and a producer that have been in the movie business for, you know, longer than I was born. And this Frank thinks we should do the scene this way. It's like, okay, let's do it. So Joe Penny, who was one of the main actors in the show, says, okay, Frank, when we do the show, you pull your gun, say whatever a real actor would say, and make sure the camera is on you when you say uh, You it. mean a real, a real police officer would say? Uh, well, a real, I'm sorry, a real police officer. Yeah, yeah, so okay, I gotcha. Said, I said it on camera, and he, he, they cut, print, was great, he shook my hand, he goes, now you, now you just went from a technical advisor to an actor, called the assistant director, said, give Frank a contract, and... You'll get into the Screen Actors Guild. And then from that point, I got an agent and I did a I, I was a regular on this on the Jake and the Fat Man show. They in fact, they even used my real name, Frank. I was Frank the cop. I was Joe Penny's sidekick. And uh, we actually then what we did, I said, you know, we, we had all these extras playing cops and then they're driving police cars, they're handcuffing people. I said, I said, Joe, the, the, I went up to the director. I said, this looks ridiculous. These guys don't look real. You have to do each scene four or five times so they get it right. If you hire real cops, you're going to have to pay them a little more than what you're paying an extra, but you'll be able to do these scenes in one or two takes. Yeah. It'll be a lot more efficient. Say, so, well, let's do it. So we hooked we, we I, I was the go-between with, with the LAPD, and most of the extras you saw in the second in the third season of Jake and the Fat Man were real LAPD officers. But the guy station with my or watch commander said, "This is ridiculous." I go, I'm, "I'm with these guys all day." I go home, watch TV, then I see the same guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is really fun. Well, you know, you talked about having to make a bad guy believe you're a crazy person. I remember watching uh, Mel Gibson Lethal Weapon one and two, where he played a kind of wacky undercover cop. <laughs> I know there was a lot of humor in that in his movies and so forth, but I remember him just going crazy and people like, oh my gosh, this guy's nuts. So uh, th- that's my vision of you now is this this crazy Mel Gibson going crazy with drug dealers. So uh, maybe yeah, the wrong vision. Right. Another way, I, I worked, uh, you know, street enforcement, which I would I would have been the guy standing in front of your house with a long hair and a beard and a, a smelly old shirt on. And you would, like, I would have been the guy you would have called the cops on. It was a funny story. I, I would wear this same shirt every day, especially if you went to court and a, def- a sharp defense attorney said, well, what did you have on that day? Well, I always wore to try to wear the same shirt. So my wife was about to wash the shirt. She said, it smells. I said, well, it's supposed to. Have you ever met a dope fiend on the street that didn't smell? Don't wash <laughs> Hopefully she'd never met a dope fiend on the street, but uh, no. <laughs> exactly. except for you, so, right? <laughs> yeah, that was me. So then I worked the high-end uh, administrative narcotics where you worked the high-end clubs in Beverly Hills and Hollywood. Hollywood, I would wear gold chains, paisley shirts, and I drove a 911, which was my own car, and they insured it as a police car, gave me phony New York plates. And the scam was I just arrived from New York 
And I'm here to, you know, to set up some business uh, opportunities for my friends back in Brooklyn. And I kind of let them know that I was a mob guy. I was a wise guy. Uh. And again, doing that, I, I, growing up in Brooklyn, I used to park cars for a lot of mob restaurants. I, I knew how mobsters talk, how they act. And one of the reasons for doing that, so I didn't get ripped off, because you know, you're carrying right. a lot of money buying cocaine. I was always afraid. Hey, so I would tell these people, I said, you don't have to worry about me being the police. I belong to a much bigger brotherhood, and they've spilled blood to get into that brotherhood. So if this is a ripoff, you have a 24-hour lifespan. Do you get it? Wow. Well, what a life. Well, let's go back to a little bit of normalcy here and talk about your first really special vehicle and maybe a memory you have about that ride. Okay. Well, I probably one of my one of my uh, favorite uh, cars was a my old four four two convertible that I bought brand new in 1970. And uh, then we go street racing on Sunrise Highway and uh, the connecting highway <laughs> and all the other highways of byways of Long Island. And uh, you just again uh, a fuel filled adrenaline rush. You know, popping the clutch and then taking it out to New York National Speedway on. Sunday for a little drag race. So uh, that was probably when I really got into it. Yeah, absolutely. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned and let go that you wish you still had? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of them. I had a Lincoln Continental Mark III, a 69, which was just a fabulous automobile, um, kind of based on the 56, 57 Mark IIs. And that's the car I got married in. Mm-hmm. I which I had not sold at. Then I had a 77 911S, which is a car I met my wife in. Uh, and I yeah. a car I used for my drug dealing operation. Well, we used we used to rent a lot of different cars. So I would I would try to show up with different cars in my uh, narcotics days. So probably the Porsche and the Lincoln are probably two that if I had my druthers that could get back, I would like those two. Wow. Couldn't be two different cars either. A Porsche no. and a Lincoln. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love the 70s cars. My first Porsche was a 74 911. So, uh, yeah, very much like the 77. So really fun cars. Well, I would love for you to talk about what has you excited about this year's the seventh annual Carmel Mission Classic. Tell our listeners a lot more about this event, what they would expect to experience when they go there. I've been there many times, I think, since the very beginning. It's a wonderful, wonderful event. So tell us about this year's Carmel Mission Classic, what we, we can expect to see. We have some really exciting cars this year. Uh, the Driving Museum from El Segundo, California, is bringing up an, a uh, 1930 Stutz Monte Carlo, one of just three in existence. And I'll tell you, partnering with some of the museums has, has, has uh, really added a bit of uh, cachet and provenance to the show. Also, another one of our good friends are at the San Francisco Academy of Art Auto Museum, bringing up a 1933. Chrysler Imperial Phaeton by LeBaron. Stunning piece. Every year they bring up uh, just just a phenomenal car, and and it's they're they're really it's it's really quite an interesting place. They have 250 cars on display, and uh, I suggest anybody in San Francisco goes and pays them a visit as well. John D'Agostino, our custom car guru and guest judge, is bringing up a custom that he is called the Rita Hayworth special. You can see a picture of it. I'm not even going to tell you what it started life as. You can probably try to imagine. But Johnny D always comes up with some phenomenal stuff. Uh, another one of our guest judges, Corvette Mike, is bringing up a fabulous car noir, I'll say, a black 63 split window Duntoff Corvette. 
So the, the, the nice part about this show, or the interesting part about this show, we try to have a little bit of everything. Last year, we had a 1909 Franklin that a guy drove from Florida on balloon tires. From Florida? <laughs> from Florida. I called him. I said, I looked at I said, okay, you're accepted. And we do have trailer parking for you. And he said, what trailer? I'm driving it. I go like, <laughs> so, okay. Oh, wow. I mean, whatever. So we, we gave him the trophy, not only for the car, and it was all original. And he dressed in, he and his wife dressed in period. But we also gave him a trophy for the, uh, being the longest, coming from the longest distance. So we, yeah. we do an, an interesting array from uh, some, some fabulous customs to muscle cars to some uh, 1930s vintage classics, museum pieces. Um, and and se- several of these cars are just, we have some mystery cars that'll just show up the day of. Guarantee you... There's something for everybody. Well, absolutely. I think it's fantastic. I know that uh, another guest judge you have, Leslie Kendall, uh, chief curator at the Peterson, uh, he'll be there. He's been a guest not only on my podcast, but he'll be a guest on season two of Cars Yacht TV starting this fall. So that was pretty cool. I got to spend a day with him uh, at the museum there, which is fantastic. Um, Also, uh, you know, one of the things that you have that is very cool, and I know having been to your events, you can buy the past poster arts. Tell me a little bit about the artist that does your poster arts, because you do some very different kinds of Concord posters. I, they have a twist of fun to them, which I think is fantastic. Well, again, our good friend, uh, chief illustrator, Ed Greco, is, is one hell of a car guy, and he's a strong Catholic as well. And that's reflected in his paintings. He'll always have the mission and a classic car. He's been doing a couple of Bugattis in the past. And then he always has a monk, like standing off next to the car with that bewildered, like, what look? What, what, what's this? So Ed's a real neat guy. Hope, hopefully you can have him on your show. Great guy. Uh, just, just a wealth of information on automobiles. And, just, and as you can see, the, the poster art is just phenomenal. I think he really captures the spirit of the Carmel mission very effectively. He does. Yeah, does a great job. Fantastic. Again, I'll remind you, Go to Carmel Mission Classics website. I'll put a link to that on the show notes page for Frank here on the Cars yeah website. I'll be there. I hope to see you there. Absolutely spectacular event. So, Frank, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. 
This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Okay, Frank, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. I'm going to delve into the depths of your minds here a little bit. I'm not sure if that's a place I want to go. I'm sure there's some interesting stuff there. But if you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested as a vehicle, what kind of car would Frank be and why? You know what? I would be a 54 Buick Roadmaster. Why? Because my dad had one, and I used to sit on his lap. There were no seatbelts in those days, so he could do that as a kid. And he'd help. I'd actually help him turn the steering wheel. (laughs) But I think the big thing about those 54 to 56 Buick was the front grille. You know, the the front of a car, it's like the like a person says everything. Now I have a question for your audience. Did do any of you in Carland out there know what those big two chrome bullets on the front end of 54 to 56 Buicks. Does anybody know what they're called? Well, I do. And I'll bet you there's a few uh, listeners out there that do as well. Dagmars, right? They're they're called Dagmars. And where did that name come from? Well, that was something referring to, I believe, women's chess back in that era. I, I think it was Harley Earl, actually, that probably went to a burlesque show or something and, and, and <laughs> yeah. bought Dagmar and said, well, wow, that, yeah. why don't we stick that on the front of a Buick and see how that works? Yeah, I think if you go back and look at some of those uh, bras they were making back in the late 50s, even early 60s, that were ridiculously pointed, uh, that's where some of that design came from. So, uh, yeah, I think I read that somewhere. I've not seen any of the pictures, but I, I think I read that somewhere. So. Well, just Google Dagmar and <laughs> Pop up. Yeah, that, yeah, they'll pop up. Nicely said, my friend. All right. Well, we are entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the Buick throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? You know what? I, I bought and sold probably over 100 classic cars, broke it about, about another 30 or 40, and restored many. And I always tell people when they're getting into the car world, buy what you like. Buy one that you you may have some emotional connection with from the past, but buy what you like. Just don't look at this strictly as an investment. If it works out that way, and chances are many times it will, that's great. But buy what you like and drive them. They're they're not uh, pieces of art that sit in a museum. Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, if you get stuck with it for some reason, the market goes upside down or people just aren't buying old cars, at least you've got something you like. So uh, buy what you love for sure. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I believe my faith has contributed uh, to it. I know my faith has contributed to my success. You know, I have a 
kind of a line that I live in from Isaiah. He who believes in me, though he dies, will live forever. And I, you know, it's just a, just a great way to live your life and, you know, live every day to the fullest. I believe God gave me this, this passion for automobiles, this knowledge of automobiles and a way of expressing myself. And again, we're trying to use it all for the right reasons. You know, when I'm at the Carmel Mission and I'm working the mic, I always mention to the, to the folks out there, I say, these are objects of ego and art. And you know what? Today, they're, <laughs> they're object, these objects of ego and art and beauty are being used to save lives and rejuvenate souls. We give we give money from that Carmel Mission Classic charities all over the world. Please visit the website and you'll see ben, the, the beneficiary. So I believe we have to shed, we're here not just to gratify ourselves, but to shed the light to others and help others. Nicely said. How about a resource? Is there one out there you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, I, you know, I'm a reader of C.S. Lewis. The Great Divorce is one of his one of his great books. And in that book, he says, one of his quotes are, there are no ordinary people. You never met a mere mortal. Everybody has a soul. And, and the way I've always looked at it, try to see the spirit of Christ in everybody you deal with. Live by the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. And especially as a cop, that has come back big time. Now, if I can arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Probably uh, Harley Earl or Bill Mitchell. Yeah, a couple greats in the automotive industry. That would be we'll put Larry, both at your table. <laughs> Larry Shinoda, who's really involved with uh, the mid-year Corvette. I, I have a 66 coupe. So nice. uh, these these are the guys that, that, that really made uh, GM take off. Absolutely. And, now, I always ask my guests about a book, and I wanted you to talk briefly a little bit about your book, From Hell to Hell Mary, A Cop Story. This is an autobiography about your life as an undercover cop and all the things that you had to deal with. What prompted you to write a book about this incredible life you've had? Well, you know, I, I've had so many great cop stories. And, you know, you sit at the bar or people come over and, and you, you're talking about, you know, they ask you about police work. You tell them, everybody's, well, you got to write a book. you got to write a book. And then as I became more uh, in closer to my faith, I thought it would be a really good way to spread the faith. So we actually do start out in hell with some drug dealers that I had to hang around with and spend some some hellish time with. And we end up in Lourdes, France with the Virgin Mary. So I I tell people, you know what, this book has got something for everything. We got whores, pimps, priests, nuns, the mafia, Mexican gang members, drug dealers, and the Virgin Mary is where it all ends up. So I thought it would also be a good way, not only if it just from a true crime and the divine a genre, but really a good way to spread the faith as well. Yeah, I think so. Wow, absolutely fantastic. Well, I'll remind you, you can find all these resources on Frank's show notes page on the Carjia website. Just go and type in Frank DiPaola. I will say your name correctly. I'll spell his last name, D-I-P-A-O-L-A. I'll make sure that that link is there. So you can find and get yourself a copy of this very, very interesting uh, true life story from a cop who's been out there, done this, done that, and just about everything. All right, Frank, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car, any car in the world, as a matter of fact. But there's a couple rules to this game that may make it a challenge. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. You have to drive it, which doesn't sound like a problem. For you, but it's the only collector car you can have in your garage. And that's what could make this a difficult 
question for you, but what can I buy you today, Frank? Uh, 275 GTB. Oh, you know exactly what you want. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you much and just have it delivered. Uh, let me let me know when you're arriving and we'll get the garage open. Oh, okay. Well, I'll drive it down from uh, up here in beautiful Gig Harbor down the coast. That'd be a nice drive. Uh, deliver it there in Carmel during car week. Beautiful car. What is it about the 275 GTB that you love so much? Well, especially the long nose. But again, the front of a car is like the front of a person. He usually says it all. The styling, the performance, basically, it, it's just telling you I'm not the guy you want to mess with. It's kind of like a beautiful woman, a very classy, elegant, beautiful woman with a pearl necklace and a, and a long black uh, dress with a slit down the side. It's understated, elegant, sexy. Nicely said. What color would you like that Ferrari to be? There was a, I don't remember the green, but it's, it wasn't really a British racing green. It was like a, a lighter green. A Verde. Yeah, very nice. All right. Well, Frank, you've taken me on a really fun ride today, and the listeners here today really enjoyed your stories. I think we could do many, many shows about Frank here on Cars. Yeah, I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off down the coast highway in your very own 275 GTB Ferrari? Live every day to the fullest and keep the Lord prominently in your life. Nicely said, nicely said. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and also about this beautiful Carmel Mission Classic. The cop website is from Hell to Hail Mary, A Cop Story is the book. Uh, info at, at uh, the website is carmelmissionclassic.org. And um, so between those two websites and, oh, and my, my personal police website is a acopstory.com. So that gives you three to play with. And uh, hopefully that'll inspire you as, as, as much as it's inspired many of the other folks. No doubt. No doubt. And remember, if you're going to be in Monterey, Carmel, Pebble Beach during Car Week, you've got to attend on Wednesday, the 7th Annual Carmel Mission Classic. Again, I'll put a link to that, carmelmissionclassic.org. I'll be there. If you see me there, tap me on the shoulder. Uh, you can meet Frank, you can meet Rich, Pep, all the other great people that are going to be part of the show. Well worth your time to attend. I cannot wait to be there. Frank, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your incredible life's experiences. Just a little window we saw into your world. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Carmel Mission Classic. Thank you very much, my friend, and God bless you and your audience. You as well. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!